Hi, and welcome to this episode of I've Got This Kid. I'm your host, Sharina Williams, licensed speech and language pathologist, homeschooling mom of two, wife of one, here to share everything speech, language, play development, homeschooling, and all of the other stuff that falls in between. World changers, fall is my favorite time of year. I am a fall baby. I love the leaves changing colors on the trees. I love splashing in puddles. I love everything fall. I love warm drinks, walks with warm drinks. Don't get me started. It just makes me warm and fuzzy. I get so excited about it. And world changers, I'm also excited because this is the time to where we get to reflect and be thankful and thank God for all of the things that have been bestowed upon us over the years. And over this year, I have so much to be thankful for. And I just, I love this time because it's a reflective time for me, but I'm always kind of reflecting, but this is really the time y'all. Anyway, for the month of November, we are continuing down the road of You've got questions, I've got answers. But for this month, we've got a little bit of a theme going on with siblings and and some other stuff. But after hearing these questions, it made me think about this show called Martin back in the day. I don't know if you guys, 80s babies, 90s babies, and maybe even 2000s babies who see the reruns on TV, he will say from time to time, can't we all just get along? And that's become like a coined phrase. But it was originally Rodney King who said that. That's a little bit of history. That's a whole nother story for a whole nother day. But that is the theme for the month of November. Can't we all just get along? OMG. I'm going to try to help a little bit with that using my speech and language background and knowledge and see what we come up with, world changers. But either way, I'm super excited about this. Here's the question. We're getting right into things. Dear Sharina, I have two children. One is typically developing, the other has had health challenges since day one. We spent so much time in the hospital and in therapy. At home, we spend a lot of time working on goals and caring for our child with special needs. My normal child has started saying things like, I wish he wasn't around, or why doesn't get all the attention all the time, or things were better when he wasn't there. It's breaking my heart because I know that I spend more time with one because of the need. What should I do? Is this my norm? World Changer, thank you for sending in this question. This is something that's really common, typically developing or not. Sibling jealousy, it's totally a thing. And anytime it feels like one parent is showing one a smidge of more attention than the other, it becomes a situation. But I know that for my World Changers out there, who have sugars with special needs and another child or more children who are typically developing, it is way more blatant. It just looks more blatant. But I know world changers, it has nothing to do with the love factor. It has all to do with the need factor. There's more need there. There's more effort being put there because other sugars, they didn't have to go through the same hurdles to get to where they are that other sugar is going through. And so I totally understand that. And I would honestly start there that it has nothing to do with love. It genuinely has to do with the need, but that doesn't mean that we can't be proactive. And I cannot, I give my disclaimer because again, if you've listened to my show before, some of our episodes, it does tiptoe 
on the psychology world, over the mental health world, but I am not a mental health professional, but I can give my perspective from a pragmatic perspective and from clinical experience on how I think you should approach this thing, right? So in my clinical experience, I've had some kids act out. Not just, you know, my little sugars who are on my books to come see me, but I've had some siblings come and roll up acting out, doing some stuff in clinic. And soon, soon as I understood what was going on, it was kind of like, ah, now I can put on my little bright light. What can I do as a clinician to get them involved, to get them to become a part of this? I can't handle everything that's going on at home. Like I can't deal with that piece. But as far as like clinic is concerned, high five myself. I got that. I could do some stuff, but I've heard Just about everything under the sun where a normal sugar starts becoming a behavioral sugar or a normal sugar who never had potty training issues all of a sudden becomes a bedwetter. And it all has to do with the attention, wanting more attention and getting a bit of a reaction from you, especially if sugar with special needs has some behavior and they see you running and jumping to them, then guess what? They're going to try it out too because they want you running and jumping to them too. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying that, but I'm telling you what's going on so you can at least have a little bit of peace of mind and be like, okay, at least I know why this is happening. And you can like munch on your chips and have that like grimace on your face. Like I ain't got to like it. Choo, choo, crunch, crunch, but you know, whatever. But again, I'm going to try to help out with some of that today. So when your little sugar is saying this thing, I don't like X, Y, Z. I wish they weren't here. Why are they always getting the attention? I would switch the question around a bit because I'm good for that. Because honestly, in this case, I'm not going to deflect and be like, you shouldn't say things like that. How dare you? You got to look at it from their standpoint, especially if they're an older sibling. This human has come in and monopolized my time, monopolized your attention, taken over. Yes, I feel bad for sugar, but I don't have those same feelings. All I see is this lurking human taking over my precious time. I don't like it. I don't want it. And nerd to you, parent, right? That's really what's going on. Like they don't have the adult logic. They don't have the empathy that you have because one, that ain't their child. It's their sibling, but it's not their child. So they're not going to quite feel the same way that you feel about the situation, but you can help them through that by asking something as simple as, why do you feel that way? Why do you feel that way? And it doesn't have to be in like a distasteful way because the way I said it was totally wrong. Don't come at them like that. Just really ask, why do you feel that way? And be prepared for the answer. Like, you know, put on that straight acting face, you know, the one to where you're just like, straight looking ahead, listening, biting your tongue, not talking and just breathing. Shoulders not touching your ears. Breathe, listen, breathe, listen, be prepared for that. Because if this is something that's going on and now you've got kids who are like elementary, middle middle school age, they may have been holding this stuff in. So just be prepared for the answer. And it lets them know that you wanna hear from them. Even if you didn't want to in the past, you now kind of wanna hear from them. You wanna know how they're feeling. You wanna know, How do I get them to not feel this way? Because remember, you asked the question. You said, it's breaking my heart that they feel this way. And the only way to unbreak your heart is to find out what's going on and put a plan into action. So you may be able to get to the root of what they're feeling and you may be able to provide a simple resolve. And you also may find out that you need, you know, some outside support, a second set of eyes 
to get everyone on the same page. That don't include mama in them. And that don't include friends in them. I'm talking about real help who is not vested on either side. Nobody that is biased, somebody kind of looking in and saying, listening to the situation and providing like a little bit of moderation to help everyone along the way. The next thing, are your demands unfair? Are your demands even realistic for typically developing sugar? World changer. Let's be honest. I got two sugars as well. I don't live day in, day out with sugars who have special needs. So I understand from that perspective, but I do have family members with special needs. So I have some experience there. And I can say from personal experience that the demands are sometimes just a little bit off kilter. And the message that we send is a little bit off kilter. And we have to be very careful about the demand that we give. Like, you know better than that. Why are you doing that? You don't, you don't have to go through what they go through. Well, of course they don't. They're two different people. And even if they were both typically developing, they are still experiencing life from two very different perspectives. And so using that term in and of itself is not my favorite term at all. But this is really when I want you to tread lightly because if sugar is already feeling like the time, your time is being monopolized and your time is precious. To them, the time is precious. And if they're feeling like it's being monopolized by the other sibling and they're not getting you and they're not getting this time and they're not getting the same attention, telling them that you know better is like DDTing them almost. I mean, come on. Like, yeah, in some ways they do know better, but they're still kids. They're still growing. They're still developing. They're still going through stuff and trying to figure things out. And they still need you just in a different way. And it also puts the risk of unnecessary performance pressure on them that they must always be good. And this is for the sugars out there who won't kind of like come back and give you that quick snide answer. But some sugars will just kind of be like, hey, you know what? I have to be the good kid because, or I have to be the non-problem child, or I have to be the kid who just kind of steers clear under the radar because I don't want to be another problem or another burden, or I don't want to make mom and dad feel like they have another thing to do. And we don't want to do that either because everybody in the house has needs. Even you and dad have needs. And we want to make sure that everybody's needs are being addressed so we can then get them away from that language and get them away from feeling that way. So please, as much as possible, check the way that you're making demands, check the way that you're leveraging the system, and just check the way that you're responding when they are behaving. Are you including normal sugar in the intervention process or are they just tagging along watching from the sidelines? This could be at home. This could be in clinic. And you have to know, like, look at the look on their face when they're in clinic, unless they're doing homework or something. If therapy is an hour long and homework takes 30 minutes, there's 30 minutes for stuff for them to do. Now I know that we have technology and we have smart gadgets to put in their face. But if you took that smart gadget away and you had them sitting there once they were done with their homework, what is the look on their face telling you? Do they look like they're being left out? Do they look like they're agitated? Pick up on their feelings. Like you've worked so hard picking up on other sugar's feelings and figuring out how to connect with them. Do it for normal sugar as well. Connect with them and figure out like, what is it that they're feeling? And can they be a cheerleader, right? In a different way. 
And this goes for older sugars and younger sugars who are siblings. Can they be involved in this process? In clinic, I used to allow siblings to get involved as long as they followed my lead because I use them as a tool. And so this could be a conversation that you have with the clinician, with the therapist that's working with your sugar. Like, hey, is there a way we could get everybody involved so they can learn some stuff? And and that way, like we're all doing it at home, like go team, go, that kind of thing. And I'm telling you, when I would personally give siblings homework, ooh, they loved it. They felt so empowered. It didn't matter if they were older siblings. It didn't matter if they were younger siblings. They felt empowered because they had a job and they had a job to do. And they knew, they knew I was going to ask, like, did you do your homework? What did you do? How did you help? What did you do? And it made it more of a collaborative thing to where they really felt like they were part of the team. And they would even like, if the parent would like report like, hey, I was doing this, this and that. And the, the kid would be like, the sibling would be like, no, no, mm-mm. No, this is what happened. This is how it went. And so they're also, (laughs) kids don't play. They become a check and balance system also for mom and dad, for you out there to make sure that stuff is happening. And guess what? If you can't get your five to seven minutes of play in, sibling can possibly get it in. Now, we're not asking Sugar to take over your job and be the replacement. But as far as like another cheerleader, why not? Get them involved, get them to become a part of the process instead of just watching the process because it also then gives them a different level of empathy, of understanding what it is that their sibling has to go through to get the same skills that they didn't even have to think about getting. And so I would totally get them involved. I would get them involved at home as well, getting them to be a part of that process. If I'm sitting down for play, I would do my time alone with sugar who needs the extra support, but then I would add other sugar in that mix as well. Five to seven minutes with one sugar, let's spend 10 minutes all together and do our thing or even longer than that. Again, because we want it to be a collaborative thing, not just a, you're over here in your own world, you don't know what they're going through, you do your own thing and we'll do our thing over here. Like that can definitely help with those feelings of like, Mom's time is being monopolized. Now you're playing with both of us. You're engaging with both of us. I can roll with this. And here's the most important piece. This is the most important piece, world changers. Please know that sugars simply just want to feel included and involved in the herd. If you can't feel a part of the herd that you came from, you're going to have to work that much more harder outside of the home to feel like you are a part of something or sugar will get older and go find community they connect with and just kind of dismiss their family. And it happens a lot. And I don't want this to happen to you, world changer. So I really want you to like take this to heart to make sure that sugar is feeling like they're a part of the herd, that they're a part of this thing. Know that they're not trying to be mean to you. And they're not necessarily too far away from the days of being a little sugar themselves. And so behavior can be replaced with words. Adults use behavior over words. Have you ever seen an adult hit another adult? Adult tantrum. Have you ever seen an adult go off on another adult, like lose it and go from like zero to 10? Road rage, the person in the Starbucks line acting silly over coffee, adult tantrum. People use behavior over words or they use inappropriate behavior inappropriate words to get their wants and meet needs met. And so it's all sending a message. It's just, we want to be careful about how we're allowing our sugars who are typically developing 
to send those messages and how we're interpreting those messages from them. Like instead of us just being reactive and being like, I can't believe you just said that you don't like your sibling. I can't believe you just said that you don't want them around. How dare you say that? How dare you say that? Like, again, it really does go back to listen first, ask questions, listen some more and keep that process going. Respond, but listen Don't judge. Don't tell them how they should feel. Their feelings are valid. If they feel that way, they feel that way for a reason. It's your job to kind of build that character and help them think another way. But that also means some action has to take place within that. And 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 don't think that I'm just letting them off the hook either. I I don't want you to feel that way. Like I'm a normal sibling. You get to behave however you want. You get to do whatever you want. You know, tear up the house for mom and dad's attention. No, I don't feel that way either. I definitely don't feel that way at all. If the behavior is behavior that is clearly something that should not be done and the behavior is behavior that there has been established like parameters around what's cool and what's not cool, right? It's okay to take disciplinary measures. I'm okay with that, but just make sure to have the conversation first. But this also doesn't mean you get the green light to make excuses for them. You get to create expectations for them and you get to reimagine what everybody needs to have to feel like they're a part of the family. But we don't want to make excuses and be like, oh, they feel that way because and I feel so bad and guilty because I give all my time to Tommy and little Sally wants time. And so she painted all over the wall and said that I hate little Timmy and little Jummy. Like, you can't do that. Like, that's not cool either. We're not going to go and give hugs and sing kumbaya for that kind of behavior. Like, what we are going to do is check that behavior at the door and listen and again, respond and listen and put appropriate parameters in place and even give them the space to be like, hey, I'm feeling this way. Can we have time together? And that's where the flexibility comes in. But know that the behavior is simply a plea for attention. Like they want your attention. They want you to be a part of their world. Children are are fickle little people and they won't always say that they want your attention, they will behave (laughs) to show you what they want. And so we just have to be wise around that and be wise about how we react to how they do. And this is where the accommodation and the action piece comes into the process. Like make sure to make accommodations to where they feel like they are a part of you guys' world. And here is the like ring dinger Do not forget, as tired as you are and as worn out as you are, to celebrate their successes, academic successes, social successes, character successes. Oh my gosh, I saw your, I saw little Timmy take that crayon out of your hand and you didn't even blow up at him this time. That took a lot of willpower and I know it was hard and I know you wanted that crayon and it's a good looking crayon, but I appreciate you really keeping it together and not falling apart. Like that strength of character. I like that in a kid. Now I would go over there and check little Timmy and make little Timmy give it back because special needs or not, they know better too. As long as you teach better, they know better. So work on finding the beauty in them. Work on finding the beauty in the things that they do as well. And don't take for granted that stuff comes easy to them so they don't need to be celebrated. Like that's not true. That's simply not true. Try to make time with them. 
And this can come in a variety of ways, but it could be something as simple as your parenting partner takes little Timmy to therapy and you go play with little Sally. And then that next week, you go and take little Timmy to therapy and dad goes and hangs out with little Sally. Just giving that one-on-one time, it could be something as simple as that. Like, let me just have mom and dad time alone. Can I just have time without thinking about therapy and thinking about medical stuff and thinking about other things? They're still kids. They don't want to think about that all the time. And it might be the family norm, but it, it they still need something separate outside of that because they are individual that is part of a greater community. And so make sure that you're giving them that alone time. Keep checking in. Keep checking in. Keep checking in. Communication, it's not a one-time thing. You don't go and tell your husband, I love you once and think that that's going to last for 50 or 60 years. Like that's, that's just not going to fly. Communicating your thoughts and your feelings, it is an ongoing thing. It changes, it evolves. It requires adjustments. It requires you being able to be flexible. Like love is so many things and communication is an act of love. Sharing your thoughts and ideas in a way appropriately that builds up, brings life and all that stuff. Just make sure that you keep those communication lines open. Don't be, you know, don't don't be surprised if a year later you hadn't had that conversation again and they're saying the same thing. Because that is a conversation that needs to continue to happen. How are you feeling? Are you feeling hurt? Are we keeping up with this? Did we do it for three months and kind of fell off? Make sure that they're being heard. Make sure that their needs are being met. And even in that, make sure your self-care is being met as well. The more their needs are met, the less behaviors are experienced. The more they feel included in the process, the less behaviors are going to be experienced. And again, listening and enabling is not the same thing. You can listen, you make changes, but that doesn't mean that you shy away from disciplinary measures. Do not enable sugar when they cut up. And that goes for sugar who has special needs as well. Like you can't let them get away with everything just because they have a diagnosis. They're still a kid. They're still gonna do kid stuff and they still need boundaries as well. It's only certain cases, very certain cases to where, you know, not much can be done because maybe there's not a whole lot going on in that case to where maybe they're confined to their chair. Maybe they're confined to where they're nonverbal or maybe they're confined, but I bet you they understand don't hit. And I bet you they understand don't pull hair. And I bet you they understand your reaction if they slap you and you look at them. So like, come on, let's be realistic about what we allow sugar to get away with as well and not put the demand for other sugar to have to be the good kid while other sugar gets away with anything. Like be reasonable. I can't overemphasize that enough. Finally, finally, get outside support. I mentioned this before. I'm going to mention it again. It may be a few sessions with the therapist to get everybody on the same page. It may be a few months. It may be a few years. It may be a lifelong thing. I don't know. I just say get tooled up. Get tooled up to make sure that sugars, all the sugars are getting filled, are getting what they need and really being able to express themselves. And again, mama and them don't count, y'all. You can't do that because that creates a whole nother can of worms that we are not opening up on this episode. No, thank you. No, 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 thank you. So world changers, that wraps things up for this episode. 
I hope for you, world changer, that you apply some of these strategies and tools. I hope they were helpful. If you have more questions, please always feel free to reach out to me at questions at I've got this kid.com. I'm telling y'all, parenting is no joke. I always say there's no rule book. You can make up your own as you go along based on the needs of your tribe. But the beauty is there's some tools out there that can really help you adapt some stuff to your world and make it make sense for you guys. Speaking of tools, did you pre-order your copy of Watch Me Connecting to Your Child Through Play? If you follow me on social media, then you've seen that it's out and that it's there. And if you don't follow me on social media, go down to the show notes and become my friend. Please become my friend. I'd love to have you. I'd love to see you. I'd love to share stuff that's going on with you. And I'd honestly like you to share some stuff with me. I know that this is a tool that you could use for the sugars in your home, the book, not the social media. Well, maybe the social media too, but the book, definitely the book. So click on the link below to get your copy. It's time to start transforming play. It's time to start transforming how we think of play. And it's time to get this party started because on December 1st, guess what? The book is out and we are all about to get tooled up together. Also, if you love this podcast and it has been good to you, share it with a friend. Don't keep it hidden for yourself. Share, 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 share. You can always do that again on my social media page. Take one of my links, share it on your page. Show the people out there that, hey, I had this question. I had this thing going on or I have my sugar and this was helpful for me. I want to get the word out there. Let's do this. And if you have some time, if you have some time, I know time is precious. Check out my upgraded website at I'vegotthiskid.com. My team and I, we have been working extremely hard to make sure that we're connecting with you in the best way that speaks to what we do and getting that message out to you and tooling you up. You'll find signups for all kinds of classes, events, and webinars. So go ahead and check that out at I'vegotthiskid.com. And tune in next week where we will continue talking. Can't we all just get along? Sibling exclusion from play. Ooh, sibling exclusion from play. Mm, That sounds like quite the situation. Until the next time, world changers, take care.